Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron, and the other host joining me is Daniel Sun. Hello. Now, before we start today's episode, we do have a quick announcement to make. If you would like to support the show, you can do so by joining our Patreon. For just $5 a month, enjoy weekly Patreon-exclusive episodes and access to our extensive back catalog of over 183 Patreon episodes. And they are all ad-free. You can now sign up to our Patreon via Spotify by going to our podcast on the Spotify app and clicking on the banner that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Now, I know things are tough out there right now, so if you can't afford a Patreon membership, but you want to help us out, then you can leave us a written review on iTunes or Spotify. That helps us out a lot. However, don't feel pressure to leave us one. If you don't want to, then that's fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, ghosts, Illuminati members, underground lizard people, whoever, or whatever you are to enjoy the show. Also, remember, our content is entirely human-made. No AI was involved or harmed in the process. And that is the end of the announcements. So today's episode is an update over MH370. And I know we have previously done an episode over MH370. However, some very interesting developments have occurred in the past two months, and no one is talking about them. And when I say developments, I don't mean, oh, hey, they found some pieces of the plane floating off the coast somewhere. No, I'm talking about some very odd satellite footage that recently surfaced from 2014 that shows MH370 and some unexplained orbs circling around it before the entire plane disappears. And I know this sounds odd, and you might be skeptical, and that's okay. All we ask is that you have an open mind when listening to this. Because at the end of the episode, I can guarantee you that your mind will be blown. When you're sitting up at night, unable to sleep, and you start thinking about weird and odd things, like, you know, who built the pyramids? Do aliens exist? Magnets, how do they work? You know, you know all those odd, typical questions you ask yourself at night? What you will learn in this episode will be at the top of those weird and odd things that you think about every night before falling asleep. Now, how do I know this? Well, it's because I think about all those odd things before I go to sleep. And after doing research into this, it's all I've been thinking about since I learned about it. So to start this episode off today, I figured we could do a quick refresher of MH370 and what happened. Now, like I said, we did an entire episode over this previously, so we aren't going to go into super detail with this, but we will cover the important parts as to what happened to the flight, as well as the timeline of the event itself. Now, before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. So Dan, can you start that off for us? Absolutely. Now, in case you have been living under a rock for the past almost 10 years, MH370, also known as Malaysia Airlines Flight 370, was an international flight that took off from Malaysia in March of 2014 and had a final destination of Beijing, China. However, the plane disappeared from the radar and to this day, no traces of this flight have been found. It's like the damn thing just vanished into thin air. Just poof, gone. All right, now that you have a rough idea of what MH370 is, Let's get into a little bit more detailed timeline of what happened that day in March of 2014. So this all started on March 8, 2014. On that day, Malaysia Airlines had a scheduled flight leaving Kuala Lumpur International Airport at 12.35 a.m. with a final destination of the Beijing International Airport in China. So at 12.35 a.m., all 239 passengers boarded the plane and the flight took off at its scheduled time of 12.41 a.m. Nothing was out of the ordinary, and all the tracking systems on the plane were working properly. At 1.19 a.m., flight MH370 tells air traffic controllers that they are leaving Malaysian airspace and entering Vietnamese airspace. Only two minutes later, at 1.21 a.m., the plane's transponder stops communicating with the air traffic controller. 
By the way, a transponder is a device that sends electronic information from the plane to radar systems. And this information is things like the flight number, the altitude of the plane, the speed it's traveling, and where the plane's heading. So pretty much like a... GPS. Yeah. All right, so like we said, at 1.21 a.m., the transponder stops communicating with the air traffic controller. This causes the plane to vanish off the radar. Now, at this point, the Malaysian Air Force military radar started tracking the plane, but they really didn't tell anyone about it. Only they knew. Mm. They stated that once MH370's transponder was turned off, that the plane did a complete turnaround and started heading back the way it came. 54 minutes later, at around 2.15 a.m., the Malaysian Air Force military radar tracked MH370 hundreds of miles off course, passing over the small island of Pulau Perak in the Strait of Malacca. This was the last time that any civilian or military radar is known to have tracked the aircraft. At 2.40 a.m., which was an hour and 19 minutes after MH370 vanished off of normal radar, Malaysian air traffic controllers decided to tell Malaysian Airlines, Hey, uh, an hour and uh, 19 minutes ago, MH Flight 370, well, it went missing from our radar. We don't know where it's at. A little over an hour later, at 3.45 a.m., Malaysia Airline activates their emergency response plans by issuing a Code Red alert stating that MH370 is missing from the radar. By the way, it took them an hour to issue that alert because they had to verify that the plane was indeed missing. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. So they didn't want to just issue it right away and the plane is just like, oh, hey, we accidentally turned off our transponder and turned around. Sorry, guys. All right. So fast forward to 8.19 a.m., a satellite above the Indian Ocean gets what is called an electronic handshake from MH370. After that, the plane simply vanishes into thin air. Rescue teams were then deployed at around 1 p.m., approximately 12 hours after the MH370 disappeared from radar. Both ship and air search teams spend the next four days checking the last known flight direction of the plane, looking for any signs of wreckage. However, it was determined that was an entire waste of time. This was because Malaysia sent the rescue teams in the wrong direction. They knew from the military radar that MH370 had abruptly did a 180 and started flying back towards Malaysia. So needless to say, the rescue teams were pretty pissed about wasting four days of searching in the entire wrong area. You know what that sounds like? The Titanic sub? I was just thinking about <laughs> that. They already knew. Yeah. Now, 10 days after the crash, a faint signal was picked up by a satellite. This ping to the satellite was information regarding the plane's engine, which showed that the plane still traveled another six hours after it went off radar. So this tracking provides the engine manufacturers with location data along with other things. I think it's kind of weird. I mean, if you buy a plane engine, you shouldn't have the manufacturer tracking it. But mm. anyway, so this search operation for MH370 had become the most extensive and costly in aviation history. To this day, no one knows what truly happened to flight MH370. There have been rumors and a ton of theories as to what happened. However, there has not been any solid evidence that proves without a shadow of a doubt that this is what happened to the flight, according to the official narrative. Because what we stumbled upon a few weeks ago tells an unbelievable story as to what truly happened that day. And that is what our episode is over. This new development in this MH370 story that no one is talking about. So now that you know the basic timeline of what happened to the flight, let's hop into the juicy stuff. These new findings. So a few weeks ago, Dan and I, we were sitting there on the couch, lurking the internet like peeping toms, just looking to see if anything interesting is happening around the world. That is when we stumbled upon a very interesting post. So there's this website called Reddit. I'm sure everyone has heard of it before. Dan, you've heard of it. I've heard of it. Well, on Reddit, there are different sections called subreddits. Each one of these subreddits are categorized based on whatever you would like to discuss. 
For example, if you're like Aaron and you love furries. Fake, fake news. I don't love furries. Well, Aaron showed me that they have a furry subreddit that you can go look at. So obviously it's not fake news. You're the one that showed me that. <laughs> My God. So yeah, they have subreddits for everyone. So if it exists, then there is likely a subreddit all about it. So we usually keep an eye on different conspiracy subreddits. Well, we came across a post made two months ago by an individual named Ashton Forbes. The title of this post was MH370 Videos Are Real. Now, initially, I mean, I would have disregarded the post entirely just by assuming that the videos were that of something like the MH370 you know, it was crashed somewhere in the ocean and there's pieces scattered about and it was being covered up somehow. That's what I automatically assume. However, due to the amount of individuals commenting on that post and how popular it was, we decided to take a look at it. The start of this post says, Hello, our conspiracy, which our conspiracy is pretty much the conspiracy subreddit. So the post continues with, This is Ashton from Twitter. Now I have been writing about the MH370 videos for the past month. They are real leaked military videos. So below that were multiple screenshots of two different videos, along with links to these two videos themselves. Now these videos are no longer on YouTube. However, they were archived. Now the first video was published on YouTube by a user named Regicide Anon. It was published on May 19th, 2014 with the title of Satellite Video, Airliner, and UFOs. In the description of the video, it says, Received March 12, 2014. Posted May 19, 2014. Source, protected. Video seems to show airliner, large twin engine, maybe Boeing 777, being followed by three unidentifiable spherical objects for a short time. Then airliner and orbs vanish perhaps destroyed, transported? Now, the entire video itself is two minutes and three seconds long, and it is a stereoscopic video. Basically, it's a video taken by using two cameras side-by-side, -side, producing two video streams. So the video itself is a side-by-side -side video of the same thing. Now, these two videos are from a satellite, and it begins by showing clouds with a plane flying into view. At around the 15-second mark, a small orb comes into view and starts circling the plane. A few seconds later, another orb comes into view and starts circling the plane as well in a locked formation. Then at the 26-second mark, a third orb approaches the plane and starts circling the plane as well, joining in on the locked formation. So all three orbs are in this locked formation, almost in a triangle shape of sorts all of them circling around the plane as this plane just continues to fly onward. Now, it is worth noting that these orbs are moving in a way as if they're like not affected by gravity at all. They're just going at it. So these orbs continue to circle around the plane in that odd pattern. Then at the 53 to 54 second mark, a flash of light occurs. The orbs bend and move towards the plane and the plane completely disappears. The user then closes the window of the video screen, indicating that this was not recorded in real time, but that it was in fact a video of someone recording a screen of a computer with that video on it. So from the 1 minute and 8 second mark all the way to the end of the video at 2 minutes and 3 seconds, the video just continues to stay black and nothing else is shown on the screen. Now we do have this video and we will post a link up on our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com for anyone that wants to go take a look at it. And we're going to watch that real quick. By the way, in this video, you'll see what looks like a black object going across the screen, but that's just the mouse. So yeah, you can see it. It's almost like in a triangular pattern. These orbs are just encircling the plane itself as the plane just continues to fly on. They're going around it pretty quick. Yeah. And there's the flashlight and boom, it's gone. Gone. The mouse pans over to the satellite view a little bit, and then bloom, closes it, and that's the entire video. Stays black for the rest of the time. So like we said, if you want to see it, you can go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, click on today's episode, and a link to that video will be right there for you to take a look at. It is very odd. Very. 
I mean, after seeing that video, obviously we're just like, whoa, what the hell? That's weird. Yeah, I think I screamed to Dan and I was like, look at this, watch this. And he watched it and he was like, whoa, is there any more? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, so Aaron told me that there was a second video. So we're just like, hell, we have to watch that one now. Now, before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. So just like the first video, the second video was published on YouTube by the username Regicide Anon. This video was published on June 12, 2014, almost a month after the previous one, and this one is also no longer on YouTube. However, it was archived as well. Now, the title of this video is UAV Captures Airliner and UFOs. Now, in the description of this video, it says, Video shows airliner being followed by three unidentifiable spherical objects for a short time. Then airliner and orbs vanish. This appears to be alt angle, also known as alternate angle, to previously submitted sat footage, aka satellite footage, received June 5th, 2014. So I'm guessing someone submitted these to this person. Yeah, this regicide anon was not the original person who had these videos. Gotcha. All right. So the video itself is two minutes and 16 seconds long. It is a thermal satellite video that starts off showing a plane flying through the sky. At around 13 seconds into the video, the satellite camera zooms into the plane that is flying and begins tracking it. At 17 seconds into the video, a small orb comes into view and starts circling the plane. A few seconds later, another orb comes into view and starts circling the plane as well in a locked formation. At 25 seconds into the video, a third orb comes into view and starts circling the plane. So these orbs continue to circle around the plane in that odd triangular pattern. At about the 45 second mark, the satellite thermal camera zooms super close into the plane, getting a close view of the plane and the weird orbs circling around it. Then at the 53 second mark of the video, as the camera is zooming outwards, a zap occurs, which is the only way I can describe it. It's almost like a zap. And the plane, along with the orbs, disappear into what looks like a portal of sorts. Following that, the camera zooms out, and then at the one minute and two second mark, the video goes black for a few seconds. So following that, the video we had just seen replays. However, it's slow motion, and they are tracking the orbs. Then it shows in slow motion the entire thing disappearing into what looks like a, a damn portal. It does. Looks like a damn portal. Now, just like the last video, we will have a link of this video up on our website for anyone that wants to see it. Just go to our website, Theories of the Third Kind, click on today's episode, and this will be video number two. And just an FYI, in case you haven't caught on, video one and this video two is of the same exact plane, just an alternate angle. And uh, thermal. The second one's thermal. Yep, the second one's thermal. So we're going to watch the second video right now. So you can see the plane come into view. And then the thermal camera kind of zooms in a little bit on the plane. Actually, a lot on the plane. A lot. Yeah. And then that first orb comes into play. Then boom, there's the second orb. And then the third orb. You can see the trail behind the orbs. Yep. They're leaving trails, which is oh very weird. They're zooming in super close now. You get a good view of the plane, and it zooms out, and then boop, goes into the portal, zaps, and disappears. Now, this next part is a zoomed-in version of it, and they track the orb, and they track the plane. Watch this orb as they track it in slow motion. It's like the orb is made of jello. It's, it's not firm. It's just floating around like a freaking thing of flubber. And then here's the slow-motion view of the portal pretty much just opening up and the plane and orbs disappearing into it. Boom. But you see that very last second where when the portal opens up, the orbs boom, come into the plane and then it goes through that portal and they all disappear. See them coming in? Yep. Portal opens up. Boom, they disappear. Now, I remember you saying that the bottom of the plane looks like it turns red from heat. Yes, we will talk about that during Strange Facts and Findings. So after seeing those videos, Dan and I, we ended up going back to the post, ended up clicking on that individual's username and started looking through his other posts that he made on Reddit and came across an additional post that he made on a conspiracy subreddit titled 
the MH370 videos. So in this post, Ashton states, most people's immediate reaction will be that the MH370 videos are stupid or impossible, but they line up with all the facts to date. Don't believe me or trust me? Verify the evidence. Each piece of evidence can be verified either visually in the video from works of the community or my own investigative research. If it's not on this list, I either haven't verified it or don't find it to be credibly linked to the investigation at this time. Quick disclaimer, this is not QAnon. This is not to distract from Trump or Biden. This is not an alien invasion. This is not a hoax, misinformation, or disinformation. There are ufology elements, but that does not mean it is the explanation. The post then goes on and says, The videos in question are that of the true fate of Malaysian Airlines Flight 370 on March 7, 2014 at 1840 UTC at the Nicobar Islands. One is of an MQ-1C Gray Eagle with a thermal layer added by the leaker. And the other is a 3D battle space produced by the SBIRS, which is the Space-Based Infrared System, via SIGINT, Signals Intelligence, using data from spy satellite USA-229 which has a sister satellite next to it, classified as debris. This allows for the proven 3D stereoscopic imagery we see in the first satellite video. The post continues on by saying, the oldest archived versions of the videos we could find come from Rigicide Anon, a UFO video uploader who uploaded unrelated videos previously, indicating they are not the source. Higher quality versions were released by other UFO uploaders on YouTube later on, indicating neither is the original source. After this, the post then has a bunch of links to Ashton's Twitter, aka X. I don't know if we should call it X or Twitter. I'm just going to keep calling it Twitter. Just keep calling it Twitter. So these links on Ashton's Twitter are things like proof the satellite video is 3D stereoscopic, USA 229, SBIRS, and other various things. Now, in these links, he pretty much goes over in detail with experts that provide proof that these are real videos that came from highly classified satellite systems. He also provides proof that these certain satellite systems were orbiting above the area where MH370 disappeared on the date and time that it disappeared. And just like the other stuff, we will provide a link for that as well, so you can go and check it out for yourself. So after seeing those videos, reading over what the experts said, and how the videos were most likely real, it was all sort of shocking to us. However, just like every week, the information did not stop here. Because as we dug deeper into this story, we ended up coming across a lot more strange things that pointed to this entire thing being real. So that is what we are going to get into next, our strange facts and findings section. So Dan, can you start that off for us? Of course. So our first strange fact and finding is about ping data. So on one of the posts about the MH370 videos, Ashton ended up commenting about some odd data that he had discovered. He stated, and we quote, It turns out that the narrative of this plane going to the South Indian Ocean is a complete fabrication. There's no evidence that the plane went there. I went ahead and looked at this Excel data of pings that comes from Victor of the Independent Group. And there's an anomaly at 1840 UTC in the data. 1840 is a time when the plane is near Nicobar Islands. The coordinates in the video of the plane made a hard turn. At 1840 in the SU log tab of the data, the data looks like it's interrupted. The 1840 time logs begin to show a bunch of rows of zeros. Then, from 1940, to 2315 UTC, there's 10 rows total of data, compared to hundreds of pages previously for each ping of the flight. This data looks like either something happened at 1840, or the data has been manipulated and the extra rows inserted. Ashton then provides screenshots of the ping data. The first image showing the weird anomaly beginning at 1840, 
Then Ashton posted the second screenshot of the data with the caption that states, You can see five hours of data gets condensed into 10 rows. Up until this point, every timestamp has pages of data. There also appears to be a pattern in this data. And we have these screenshots that'll be on the website for you to view as well. So you can take a look at it with us. And you can see the uh, anomaly in the data. So that means somebody went inside there and manually manipulated the data or an anomaly happened. What about in the second one, that just one random line ping, it looks like, then it just goes back to zero again. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. So let's get on to our next strange fact and finding, which is about the individual who supposedly leaked the two videos. Now, this again is another post by Ashton. So Ashton's thinking behind this entire thing was that, hey, the person who posted these two videos, they probably have been arrested and charged with espionage. So he ended up searching every person charged with espionage from 2014 onward to try and see if he could find a match. After searching for a while, he ended up making a post claiming that he found the individual who leaked the videos. So Ashton's post states, I searched every person charged with espionage until I came across Edward Lynn. He checks every box. Below are excerpts from all the articles I could find online regarding him. It starts off with saying, Lieutenant Commander Edward C. Lynn, a naval flight officer with experience in signals intelligence, S-I-G-I-N-T, aboard U.S. Navy Lockheed Martin EP-3E Ares II reconnaissance aircraft, is facing several charges, including espionage. Lynn has been held in pretrial confinement since his arrest on September 11, 2015. Lynn, a Taiwanese-American who has been a U.S. citizen for nearly two decades, remains locked up in the Chesapeake Brig, charged with espionage and attempted espionage, how can you be charged with espionage and attempted espionage? I guess charged with, hey, you did this over here. You for sure did it. And then oh, over here, you attempted. attempted to do it, but you, oh. you didn't get successfully do it. Charged with espionage and attempted espionage, charges that could result in a life sentence. Lynn's case represents the first major incidence of espionage by an active duty member of the U.S. Navy since the end of the Cold War. A heavily redacted three-page charge sheet released by the Navy, states that the officer faces two specifications of espionage and three specifications of attempted espionage. He is accused of communicating secret information with intent or reason to believe it would be used to the advantage of a foreign nation. Which, by the way, I just want to backtrack a little bit. Faces two specification of espionage and three specifications of attempted. Two. Maybe those are the two videos he leaked, and then he tried to leak three additional ones and was caught. Ooh. Just theorizing. All right. So the accusations suggest that he may have passed on highly sensitive information about how the United States and its surveillance aircraft gather and process signals intelligence. Lynn held a high level of clearance thanks to his work as a signals intelligence specialist on some of the Navy's most sensitive intelligence gathering aircraft, according to the original report from the U.S. Naval Institute. He previously worked as a department head for a special projects patrol squadron based out of Hawaii, which flew highly specialized signals intelligence aircraft. Lynn had a security clearance higher than top secret and had access to some of the Navy's most sensitive secrets. At the time of his arrest, he was working for an airborne signals exploitation squadron called Special Project Squadron 2. Lynn knew some of the Navy's most sensitive secrets from his time not only at VPU-2, but also a congressional liaison where he would have been privy to the Navy's black program portfolio. If he was inclined, his knowledge would be extremely useful to potential U.S. adversaries, the sources said. His last duty station before being arrested was with Special Projects Patrol Squadron 2 in Hawaii from February 2014 to March of 2016. The arrest also followed several meetings with an undercover FBI agent who operated under the alias Catherine Wu. Over a series of meetings from August to September in 2015, 
Lynn told the agent general details of his secretive unit. The Wizards, based at Marine Corps Air Station in Hawaii, used specialized signal intelligence aircraft to collect data on potential U.S. adversaries as part of one of the most secretive units in the service. While this case didn't turn out to be related to foreign intelligence, not really a spy case, the sentence sends a strong message to the force about taking care to safeguard classified and sensitive information. Unnamed government official told reporters that Lin was suspected of spying for China and Taiwan, despite there being no evidence in the NCIS investigation that Lin ever exchanged sensitive information with anyone from China. Defense attorneys for Navy Lieutenant Commander Edward Lin, who was accused of spying for China and Taiwan, challenged the case against him, saying the classified information in question is available on the internet and the interrogation that led to most of the charges against him was unlawfully conducted. The prosecutors countered and stated that the information is available on the internet does not declassify it. Declassifying the information would be based on whether the U.S. government made it public, not whether anyone else made it public, the prosecutor stated. Lynn also pleaded guilty to two instances of mishandling classified material, Then in 2014, Lin had accidentally left two flight manifests in his flight suit from a deployment that included search and rescue codenames. In exchange for admitting to the lesser charges, Lin did not face two instances of espionage and the three instances of attempted espionage, which were the most serious charges the government preferred last April. Lieutenant Commander Edward Lin, 40 years old, was then sentenced to a nine-year sentence with the last three years suspended as a part of a pretrial agreement with the government, along with a 646-day credit for time served in pretrial confinement, Lynn could be released from the brig in about four years. God damn, he spent two years? Freaking pretrial confinement? Damn. Lynn's lawyer Larry Youngner told USNI News he accepted responsibility for the offenses he was actually guilty of and he agreed to debrief and further assist the FBI and the NCIS. Lynn then stated, I get physically ill when I think about the damage I could have caused from my actions. I'm exhausted and broken in spirit. The best thing I can do is serve as a cautionary tale to others. End quote. So after looking at the charges and everything the article stated, Ashton believes that Lynn is the individual who leaked the videos and was arrested for it. Everything lines up. The two charges of espionage, him stating that they were on the internet already. Maybe he leaked the two videos and then tried to play it off and say, you know. It was somebody else. Somebody else. And then he tried to leak three more and was caught. Hmm. And then he pleaded to the other charges, not the espionage one. Because if he was to plead to the espionage one, maybe the government thought, oh, well, the information would have gotten out of the videos being leaked, and we don't want that. What if he left the flight logs in his suit so those would be found, then they would make a plea deal or something? Damn, that's smart. That's thinking way ahead. I mean, if you're going to be like a spy or something like that, you have to have a backup plan. Oh, absolutely. Not saying that he was a spy or anything, but, you know, just if. Yeah. All right, well, continuing on with the weird stuff, let's get into our next strange fact and finding. Now, before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break. This is our last one, so don't go nowhere. All right, welcome back. Continuing on with the weird stuff, let's get into our next strange fact and finding. So a woman named Catherine Kate T, her last name's T, T T-E-E, she had a blog, and about nine years ago, she wrote in it stating that, hey, I might have seen MH370. So her time frame, which was 1850 UTC, and the location where she was at, which was near the Nicobar Islands, that matched up with the satellite coordinates and the time that the satellite was in position to take the video of MH370 and near where MH370 supposedly disappeared. So it all lines up. So now we're going to get into Kate's blog post, which goes into detail of what she supposedly seen that night. So Kate posted on May 31st, 2014, a blog post with the title of, I think I saw flight MH370. Now this post starts off by saying, so between February and March, we were crossing the Indian Ocean the wrong way from India to Thailand. And by the way, she's with her husband on this trip. And uh, 
What do you mean by wrong way? Things aren't going well. It was a shit show. Oh. Yeah. So Kate goes on and states, On the night in question, I was standing a night watch, alone. Well, sitting, really, watching the stars. Since I had been spending the passage identifying and learning a new constellation every night. I thought I saw a burning plane cross behind our stern from port to starboard, which would have been approximately north to south. It was about half the height of other flights which I had been gazing at during that part of the passage. Since that's not something you see every day, I questioned my mind. I was looking at what appeared to be an elongated plane glowing bright orange with a trail of black smoke behind it. It did occur to me that it might be a meteorite, but I thought it was more likely that I was going insane. At the time, we were at the tail end of a very, very harsh passage into the weather, which was mountainous, having been flooded badly from the anchor locker and swamped from the companionway, so everything was soaked and stayed breaking amongst other stuff which just piled up to make me flip. By this time, my rucksack was packed and the divorce was planned. When we hit land, everyone was talking about the missing plane and asking if we'd seen anything. Since I had doubted what I saw and was emotionally in a bad way, I brushed over what I thought I'd seen and then focused instead on the stories of Bodie, who was missing on the Atlantic. Besides, I thought to myself, they'll find this plane. But tonight I heard that they were looking in the wrong place. So the person I was with and I looked back through our GPS log, and lo and behold, what we saw was consistent with the confirmed contact which authorities had from MH370. My questions are, one, who should I tell and should I bother? Two. If it was a plane on fire that I saw, how long would it maintain its flight and where would it likely end up? Attached our screenshots of where we were at the time, the highlighted portion of our track. So that was posted on Kate's blog in May of 2014. And we'll provide a link for anyone that wants to go take a look at the screenshots of her GPS log that proves that she was in the same area at the same time as the satellites and as MH370. However, you're kind of holding on to eyewitness testimony, you know, as in I seen this. Yeah. And people's judgments aren't, mm. But anyway, let's get into our next strange fact and finding. All right, so our next strange fact and finding is about Diego Garcia. So Diego Garcia is an island just south of the equator in the central Indian Ocean. The Portuguese were the first Europeans to find the island and it was then settled by the French in the 1790s and then transferred to British rule after the Napoleonic Wars. In 1966, a total of 924 people lived on this island. Majority of these people were employed as contract farm workers, primarily working on copra plantations owned by the Chagas Company. And by the way, copra is the dried white flesh of the coconut from which coconut oil is extracted. So if you were born on this island, it was likely that you were going to work on a copra plantation. Children after the age of 12 were required to work, and in 1964, out of the entire population at the time of 963 people, only three of those people were unemployed. So between the years 1968 and 1973, the inhabitants of Diego Garcia were forcibly expelled by the UK government so a joint United States and UK military base could be established on the island. Following that, the United States built the large naval support facility Diego Garcia, which has been in continuous operation since then. Now, throughout the past two decades, there have been multiple instances where United States officials will mention that there is a base on Diego Garcia that is used by the CIA. For example, Lawrence Wilkerson, who was chief of staff to Colin Powell at the U.S. State Department, said Diego Garcia was used by the CIA as a transit site where people were temporarily housed and interrogated from time to time. So, needless to say, a lot of people consider Diego Garcia an active CIA black site. It is super guarded, the government does not want to talk about it, and they do not allow citizens or journalists on the island at all. I want you to put a paperclip in Diego Garcia because we will come right back to it. 
Now I want to talk about an individual named Philip Wood. Philip was an executive at IBM, and he was the only American passenger on the MH370 flight. Shortly after MH370 went missing, an all-black photograph surfaced on a random form. This all-black photograph had a message attached to it that said the following. I have been held hostage by unknown military personnel after my flight was hijacked. I work for IBM and I have managed to hide my cell phone in my ass during the hijack. I have been separated from the rest of the passengers and I am in a cell. My name is Philip Wood. I think I have been drugged as well and cannot think clearly. So that would seem fake, right? I mean, a lot of people would simply just disregard that as someone doing some role play. However, it is worth noting that all photographs have location data attached to them. Someone decided to take that all-black photograph and look at the location data. Now guess where that photo was taken at? Bahamas. Diego Garcia. Oh. How weird is that? That's kind of weird. I mean, it makes it seem not fake. Now, to add even more to this, though, on the day that MH370 went missing, Diego Garcia posted that they had stopped all departures for 72 hours. And we do have a screenshot of that announcement saying that, hey, there's no scheduled flights for the next 72 hours. March 8, 2014, yeah. Yep. And another strange fact to add to this entire thing is about one of the captains that was flying MH370, Zahari Amahad Shaha. So he had a flight simulator in his home, which, I mean, it's pretty normal. If you're a pilot, I'm sure you would want to get a flight simulator to practice. Yeah. So officials looked into the flight simulator that Zahari had, and it was discovered that he had been practicing landing a B777 on short runways, including Diego Garcia's runway. And guess what? He deleted all of those paths on his simulator. However, they were recovered by officials, and that's how they found out that, hey, this MH370 pilot, he was flying a B777 and landing that on Diego Garcia's short runway. Kind of weird. That just shows that if you think you deleted something, it's probably still there. Oh, it's always there. Just like your Xbox Live chat. Yep. All right, so let's get into our last strange fact and finding, Dan. So our last strange fact and finding is about the individual Ashton, the one who did majority of the deep research into these videos and is trying to spread the truth about what is going on. Now, if you go onto Twitter under Ashton's account, which is just X Ashton, he pinned at the top of his post a letter to Congress. We will provide a link to his letter for anyone who wants to go and read it themselves, but we're going to go over it right now with you. So the letter starts off with, Dear Congress, my name is Ashton Forbes, and I am currently disclosing the most important videos in the history of the world. All of this information is publicly available. I would like to state that I have a top-secret U.S. government clearance as part of my job as a contractor. My job has nothing to do with advanced technology. I am only stating this to establish my credibility. I am not bound by an NDA. This is not a hoax, disinformation, or misinformation. You don't need to believe me because everything is verifiable. I am requesting a public hearing. I am willing to testify in front of Congress as to the authenticity of these videos and explain every aspect of them. I would also invite physics experts to validate the science on display. Ashton then goes on to explain the videos and then states, We know the location of the videos because the investigative group I started, MH370X, Satellite experts used amateur historical trajectories to identify the correct satellite in the correct position to take the 3D stereoscopic video we see. We can see six sets of coordinates in the satellite video which we had incorrectly thought were in the South Indian Ocean until we were able to realize that the only possible location was the Nicobar Islands because the plane is turning left in both videos and due to the coordinate shifts. This means the plane is turning south into the east. The satellite and witness, Catherine T., indicate the time is 1840 UTC, March 7, 2014. Ashton then posts additional links to the satellite, as well as the witness, and then states, I have been investigating and writing about these videos as a citizen journalist. My Twitter following has gone from 30 followers to 8,500 plus, 
of multiple disciplinary backgrounds from the strength of the evidence alone. We have definitely proved every aspect of the videos to be authentic. We know the assets, the time, the location. We have a witness. We know that there was a fire on the plane likely from the lithium-ion batteries which broke containment, causing the halon gas to permeate throughout the plane. We know that the official narratives are a lie to cover up that this technology was deployed to either save the plane or as espionage to prevent the 20 free-scale semiconductor scientists on board from going to China. I suspect that they are important to the technology we see. We know the plane didn't crash into the ocean because the SOSUS system didn't hear the acoustic sound. The same system that heard the Titan sub pop and the Navy lied about it for five days while oxygen counters were on every major news channel, the Diego Garcia hydrophones and Western Australia hydrophones also didn't hear it. I wish that this, being MH370, was the most important part of these videos because ultimately, I'm doing this for the families of the victims, the witnesses, the leaker of the videos, and the world that has been lied to. However, the most important part of these videos is that they prove conclusively that the U.S. government is hiding superconductivity, teleportation, and free energy from the world. Everything we see in these videos can be explained by science. This is not aliens in these videos. This is our technology. The assets are filming the plane before the orbs even show up. The drone cannot catch a 777-200. It must have intercepted it. This is a U.S. government operation. I do not believe that we could be this secretly advanced without a reverse engineering program. The orbs in this video are ignoring gravity, being pulled forward by some gravity engine indicated by the dark lines in front of them, and upon intercept are traveling at estimated Mach 3 speeds. The explanation for their pattern is artificial intelligence, a computer program. Ashton then goes into other additional finds, such as the leakers, the American passenger Philip Wood, and his photo with the data from Diego Garcia. He also talks about how the videos have been authenticated by multiple VFX experts. Ashton ends his letter by saying, The reason I am requesting a public congressional hearing is because I believe the weight of the evidence can convince enough people in Congress that the true events of MH370 were covered up by our own government and that there is a black budget advanced technology program most likely based on reversed engineered unidentified aerial phenomenon, UAPs. Sincerely, Ashton Forbes. Damn. And that is the end of his letter to Congress and our last strange fact and finding. And I thought we should mention that before going into theories. Definitely. All right, so now we are going to get into the theories section of this episode and talk about the possible scenarios as to what these videos could be. Are they real? Are they not real? If they are real, what are they? So, Dan, why don't you tell us about our first theory? So our first theory is called espionage. All right, so what we know is that there were 20 semiconductor scientists on this flight. These semiconductor scientists on board cracked the code on superconductivity and we're heading to sell that information to China. The United States military learns about this and tries to stop them. However, they are unable to. So the United States military uses its wormhole technology that they got many years ago from reverse engineering. The MH370 flight is then taken through a wormhole and into Diego Garcia, or some underground site, where the semiconductor scientists are then tortured or killed off along with the rest of the crew. The U.S. military also filmed this because they are conducting an operation, and this is the first time that they had ever publicly used their wormhole technology. This film ends up being leaked online. However, the person leaking it gets arrested, and this narrative is covered up and forgotten about. Kind of out there, but I like it. I mean, it's not really that far out there. There were 20 semiconductor scientists on the flight. The IBM guy, Philip Wood. Yeah, him as well. Do you really think the government would take an entire flight and use wormhole technology to transport them and get rid of the scientists just so China can't get advanced technology from these scientists? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that even a question? Okay. Yeah, they would do that. I can definitely see it. And honestly, that's like a two birds with one stone, preventing them from leaking information if that was the case. And two, 
actually testing it in a real time scenario, you could say. Yeah. Because, I mean, they probably practiced with it, but this was like, oh, shit, we have to do it. We have to get them. And honestly, it seemed to work. I could really see that theory right now. Yeah, I can too. But I can also see this next theory, which is called UFO encounter. So this theory is that the MH370 flight disappeared due to an encounter with multiple UFOs. So these UFO orbs shut off the plane's transponder. The pilots of the plane are like, what the hell's going on? They turn around and they attempt to go back to Penang, but they cannot land. They communicate with the U.S. military who are having military exercises with Thailand. The U.S. military then gets on its satellites and begins to track the plane, recording what's going on. During this recording is when they witness the orbs, aka UFOs, swirl around the plane and then eventually, bloop, disappear along with the plane itself. So pretty much this one's saying that a UFO actually took them and instead of the government coming out and saying that it was UFOs, they just said, oh, the plane must have crashed or something got lost. Yeah, to cover up that, hey, these orbs hijacked this plane and, and took it through a wormhole, making it disappear. We don't know where it went. We don't know what these orbs are, but nobody freak out. Hmm. I don't know. It's like, because this would be the very, well, the first recorded one. I don't know. It's kind of hard to believe since it's the first happening of it. That we are aware that of. That we are aware of. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So tell us about this next theory we got, Dan. So our next theory is pretty much the common one that a lot of people usually default to, which is that the videos are fake. To this day, no one has been able to produce any stock footage that these videos were made with or provide proof that these videos are fake. With that being said, it is worth mentioning a very odd comment that was posted. So when this video was posted on the conspiracy subreddit, an individual commented saying that the video is fake and that the wormhole is a VFX from a video game from the 1990s. However, this user never provided any proof. Even though they didn't provide any proof, this comment of theirs ended up getting promoted on another popular subreddit by an account that was so new that it shouldn't have been able to even post. And I just want to say that this is important to note because when you create a new account on Reddit, certain subreddits have requirements on postings, such as, hey, your account has to be X amount of days old to make a post. And this helps prevent spam. So this new account was given special permission to promote this false comment on another popular subreddit, pretty much saying that these videos are fake and that they have already been debunked. The debunker comment is pretty much a theory in itself. It's like an elaborate attempt by disinformation agents to make the public believe that the videos are debunked when they are actually not. And in turn, they're trying to prevent further discussion of these videos since they might be real. It's an entire wormhole in itself. But Reddit, that is a completely controlled government site. I mean, they're on paper, they're not government controlled, but mm -hmm. it is a propaganda machine. It is. And Ashton said that he had multiple VFX, you know, visual effects experts, experts verify that the video has not been tampered with and all that. But Granted, it's still not the source video, but it's not like it's really been messed with. It just, they use filters on it to show you what was going on. Yeah. And then you have this one guy that says, nope, it's fake. And it's like, oh, that's it, guys. It's over. Yeah. It's like, come on. Yeah. All right. So let's get into our next theory, which is a pretty damn good one. All right. So this next theory is called fire avoidance, and it's pretty out there. So we're going to need y'all to stick with us here. So something you all need to know about regarding this theory is lithium-ion batteries. So it is known that lithium-ion batteries can cause fires and that these fires can lead to catastrophic explosions and that certain fire suppression systems are incapable of preventing these explosions. For an example, in 2010 and 2011, these type of fires broke out on some Boeing 747s in Dubai and in South Korea. Both of these planes ended up exploding, killing all the crew members on board. But as bad as that is, the good part in this is that there were no passengers on board. But still, 
All the crew members died. Horrible. After those fires, a series of more battery fires in Boeing 787s broke out, which this prompted the FAA to ground the entire Dreamliner fleet in 2013. Now that we know about the Boeing 777 planes, the one MH370 was is that type of Boeing aircraft has two fire extinguishing bottles that contain halon fire extinguishing agents pressurized with nitrogen. So according to this theory, a lithium ion battery fire ended up breaking out in the cargo bay of flight MH370. The flight crew activated the cargo compartment's halon fire suppression system, but they knew that the lithium ion battery fire could not be extinguished by it. So the plane did a 180 and started heading back. U.S. military in the area ended up getting word of this happening and decided to deploy their wormhole drones. These drones circle the craft, create a wormhole, and rerouted the plane to Diego Garcia. Now, is there any proof to back this theory up? Well, there kind of is. So when you look at the satellite video of the supposed MH370, you can see in the thermal video that the heat signature is in the cargo bay area, which is where the lithium-ion batteries would have been stored. Also, you can clearly see that there is smoke coming from the back of the plane as if it is on fire. And we will post these photographs up on our website for everyone to take a look at. And clearly, there is a heat signature in the cargo bay, and there's smoke coming from the back of the plane. I guess you could call that smoke, because, I mean, it kind of looks like the... It's not contrails. You don't think so? No. They uh, stated that the altitude that the plane was at and the speed it was traveling and the temperature, it would have not created contrails. But there's two trails of it, though. That's what's throwing me off. Wouldn't it be like one big, messy one, probably, if it was on fire? Because if anything, that looks like it'd be coming from the engines, which you can see the heat signature from the engine on the left side as well, so... Yeah. Now, another thing worth mentioning is that a B777 fire suppression device ended up washing up weeks after this event, the event being, you know, the MH370 disappearing. Now, this was not investigated, even though it seems to have a serial number that could tie it to MH370. Now, these devices can be deployed manually from the cockpit, but the duration of them is limited. And like we stated, they're insufficient at extinguishing these type of, you know, lithium ion battery fires. Which we have a photo of those, what those suppression unit things look like. And a photograph of the one that washed up on the shores. If I saw that on a plane, I would be freaking out. That sort of looks like a bomb. Yeah. Weird. Now, one last thing to add to this theory is that in 2015, the FAA all of a sudden changed the rules to no longer allow cargo bays to carry lithium batteries on passenger flights. Lithium-ion batteries shipped by themselves should be carried only on cargo aircraft according to the latest 2015 guidelines issued by the International Air Transport Association, IATA. So yeah, that was kind of weird that in 2015 they issued that to where planes can no longer can carry those batteries. When was it the Samsung phones were uh, blowing up? Ooh, you're talking about like the, uh, what was it? The, it was like the Note 7 or something like that? It was the Galaxy Note 7, I guess in 2016. Ooh, damn. Close. I know a coworker who had purchased one of those right when they came out and she went on a flight and they didn't allow her on the flight because of it. Yeah, that thing was just like exploding in people's pockets randomly and all that. That's scary. It would get hot first and then, I guess, pop. My phone gets super hot sometimes. That ever happen to your phone? Yes. It's like the temperature of the sun. I'm like, how's this thing not melting? Especially uh, when your battery's like real low and it does that fast charge. Oh, yeah. Dude, that battery heats up. Mm -hmm. Anyway, all right. So that right there is the last theory we have. And now we are going to get into our own personal thoughts and theories as to what happened to MH370 and these weird orbs in the video. So Dan, I'm going to ask you, do you believe that these two videos that surfaced showing the orbs encircling the plane, do you believe that they are real? And do you believe the plane that it is encircling is MH370? Yes or no? I want to believe that the videos are real. Do you want to, but do you? Very questionable. 
That's a no then. If you want to, that means you do not believe. Yeah. Only one I, I really questioned would be the, I think it was the second one, the thermal. It's already following the plane. I mean, just like the first video. But what the hell is also in that video? It's the satellite itself. You talking about the overhang? Uh, I guess it was the satellite then. Yeah, the overhang. I don't know. Just in the video, I guess that's when the plane is actually doing the 180, turning around. Because that's a quick-ass turn it did. Mm-hmm. But then, I don't know, just like looking at the trails behind it, it could have been a fire. But then also the orbs or whatever, you could see the little streams behind those as well. But there was no like heat signature with those at all. So I don't know. It's, I mean, they were pretty good. If it's a fake video, the trails and everything, they did a pretty damn good job on it. So you're saying that you think they're fake? I think it's possibly fake. Oh, Jesus. All right. I, as much as I want to believe that they're real. Just, I usually agree with you, but on this occasion, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to say I don't agree with you. I think these videos are real, and I do not think that they are UFO orbs. I think another government entity, whether it be the United States or maybe a military contractor, that they have quantum teleportation or wormhole technology that they can deploy and that a lot of these orbs that everyone has been seeing across the world is not UFOs or UAPs. They're actually government or military drones of sorts that have these weird capabilities of creating wormholes and traveling at unheard of amounts of speeds. And that this type of technology is being hidden away from the human race and it is a tragedy. That's what I think. So I'm, I'm saying the videos are real. And that they were leaked. I don't know if it's Colonel Lynn who leaked them, but they were leaked. And the government got all butthurt about it. But it shows that we have technology that is way ahead of what the normal people have. I mean, I agree with that. That our government has technology way more advanced than, the, you know, they lead us to believe. Mm -hmm. I don't know, just this. Like, because say that uh, fire suppression unit that was found. If it is connected to MH370... I mean, that thing's still in pretty good shape for it being just found on a beach. But, like, why is that the only thing that was found? And why would it be found if it was teleported? It's a good question. The world may never know. Or maybe it will know. Maybe one day, MH370 will randomly appear in downtown New York on the side of the street, and everybody inside hadn't aged one bit, and they all step out and like, what the hell happened? And then... People show up like, whoa, and it's all over the news. And then that's how it's found out that, hey, these videos are real. The government has wormhole or teleportation technology. Yeah. Wouldn't it be crazy if they got satellite footage of Mars and it shows a plane crashed on it and it's MH370? That would be crazy. Oh, that'd make a good book. So I don't know. I, I don't think it's truly 100% real. And you think they are authentic? Mm-hmm. And I think the government has the technology to do what is shown in that video. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's UFOs that did that. Because mm -mm. honestly, I think if it was UFOs, they probably would have done that a long time ago. They'd be doing it all the time. Yeah, they'd be doing it right now. People would be scared to fly. Not only would you be abducted while you're sleeping, you can't even fly anymore. Cars driving down the street, all of a sudden you get encircled by orbs. Like, damn, you try to get out, but then, boom, you're teleported. Now, you are nothing but an alien sex slave for the rest of your life. Good luck. Being probed. God. Well, with that being said, we'd love to hear from all of you and your opinions on if these videos are real or not. And if they are real, what do you think the videos actually show? Are they UFO orbs or is it military technology? Let us know. You can uh, send us an email to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at theoriesofthethirdkind.com, or you can send it to Dan, D-A-N, at theoriesofthethirdkind.com. We would love to hear from you. That's right. All right. Well, remember, go check out our Patreon. If you don't have a subscription, it's only five bucks to sign up. Today, we released a episode over the... Kozarev Mirrors. Which, what is the Kozarev Mirrors, Dan? Just give me a quick one sentence of what it is. Possibly a time-traveling or vision-seeing device, you could say. And top secret documents were found regarding this device? Some documents were found. CI still has a lot of it classified. So we cover that in today's Patreon episode. So go sign up. It's only five bucks a month. 
You can go to Spotify, open up the app on your phone, search Theories of the Third Con, click on us. There'll be a banner right at the top, exclusive Patreon episodes. You click on that and use your phone to sign up and you can download the episodes through the Spotify app and listen to uh, all the Patreon episodes as well as our regular episodes there. And they are all ad-free. Ad-free. But with that being said, I want to thank you for joining us today. And again, thank you for the support. You are all amazing, every single one of you. So Dan, would you like to roll us out? Sure will. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you are not alone. I'm a UFO. Ah, abduct me.